All right, before we say anything, I wanted to first start this off with an all-time radio rant from Don LaGreca. Jason, play the clip. Playing it right now. So we're trying to get to the quote here. Why would a lion consider himself, concern himself with the option of, oh, I'm sorry. Why would a lion concern himself with the opinion of a sheep? He added, the person that's condemning, uh, commenting on my performance, what does he do? Flip hot dogs and hamburgers somewhere? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I'd cut his ass. I would. How dare you? How dare you? These people pay your salary. They pay an obnoxious amount of money to park, an obnoxious amount of money for PSLs to sit there and watch this pap, and you call them hamburger flippers? What, you're so much better? I'd rather have a guy that's flipping hamburgers block than your piece of garbage ass. Who the hell are you to talk to fans like that? You piece of garbage. I hate when players do that. You're not above us. What, because you happen to play a sport? You make them, you're better than me? You're better than the people that pay your salary? These giant fans were here before you, and they'll be here after your sorry ass is cut. All right, good. What a piece. <laughs> That's great. I must just, be living under a rock because I did not. Just, I did not hear that. Vindicates you when you say, "Yeah, we lost to the Habs. We whatever. We pay your salaries. We'll be here. <laughs> we were here before you, and we'll be here long after your sorry ass was cut." CC the former general manager on that. How about that oh. one? How about that one? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I don't know how I missed that. That was hilarious. So that is a funny. I've watched it fifteen here. times. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. All right, welcome everyone to the Rink Rat Report podcast, the podcast where we talk about the Leafs. As always, joined by Jason. Yes, how's it going? We, as in we, talk about the Leafs, and we, as in our team is the Leafs, and we are a part of that team, the Leafs. That's yeah. why it is we and us, not they and them. It's we and us. So, yeah. um, And as you can see from behind me, like, we, we pay their salaries. So. You do pay their salaries. You also pay uh, that the new Miss m M&M salary as well. If, uh, people on video will get I that. But... So. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's been a... I don't even remember what's underneath that. <laughs> it's been a busy week in Leafs Nation this past. It actually hasn't been that busy this past week. A couple cuts, a couple signings, trade. You want to just jump right into it? So it's actually funny. Like a, a lot has happened without actually much like substance happening to the roster, right? Yeah. yeah. Kind of like Sam Lafferty's game, right? Oh so a lot God. happening, but not a lot actually happening in terms of results. It's just a neutral. It's just net neutral. Like nothing big, nothing bad, nothing negative, crazy. Negative, positive, negative, positive, negative, positive. Just playing just ping resulting pong. in nothing but so if you if you've been living under a rock like me this past week and you missed that evan meal evan neal excuse me clip you might have also missed the sam lafferty got traded to the vancouver canucks for a fifth round pick so mm -hmm. that's what we're talking about here right now and uh i mean it's hard to have really any thoughts on this i mean we we acquired him in that trade to last off or last trade deadline excuse me in the jake mccabe trade um any like thoughts about this at all is it just like kind of eh? yeah like, what are your i have some thoughts i thought he had a pretty good preseason he didn't like in terms of results he was noticeable and all that like he scored a nice goal against detroit too um definitely did chip in here and there i think he had he had more than a couple points this preseason but that's not what matters because preseason you know you can get a point remember zach Aston reese had multiple points last preseason yeah. like and one of them came from the half ball so who cares because they were all on points. tsn though but uh, yeah. okay, mm, <laughs> it's a good call november 17th against detroit i wonder if he's gonna be playing but essentially what i'm saying is like he didn't show any improvement on certain things like he's a really fast player but you can't really rely on him to be a puck carrier he's just more of a chaser mm -hmm. um and by chaser he's like uh he is really a golden retriever chasing shit out there. Uh, and a lot of times it's not in the most, in the smartest or most efficient uh, fashion. I remember in our group chat, we actually had a video. Uh, someone was breaking down there showing Norlander on Montreal. They're like, Oh, what a great play. He's a smaller player. 
it completely neutralizes the Leafs player in this clip and the Leafs player being Sam Lafferty. And when you watch the clip, Sam Lafferty has the front post, like Tavares has the puck along the half wall entering the zone. Sam Lafferty is like, has the front post wide open. He opts to go to the back post for like a backdoor pass but this guy doesn't have his stick on the ice. This guy's playing lacrosse. His stick does not touch the ice in this route that he's running here. And as a result, the Montreal defense was easily able to tie him up. It was just the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. But that's Sam Lafferty for you. Dumb play, faster than everyone else, so he gets the puck. Another dumb play, faster than everyone else, able to kind of neutralize it. Like I don't know. He was like the roadrunner out there. He was like the roadrunner. I think the roadrunner had a little bit more purpose than him, though. Sorry, so uh, Tasmanian Devil. Tasmanian Devil. That's perfect. That's perfect. I like that. But yeah, I mean, just going off of that, you 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 put it perfectly. I don't really see much of uh personally, I don't see much much to make mm. of a move like this. Uh, I just want to refresh everyone. We did the trade to acquire him. We got Jake McCabe at 50% retained. We yeah. have for one one or two more years after this, two more years after this. Two. So this year and next year, we gave up a first, second, Joey Anderson, who's like a bottom six player. I don't know if he's an NHL player. And then Pavel Gogolev. Like we didn't really give up much for him. Getting that fifth round pick back, we basically just we 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 turned that trade into Jake McCabe and three first three fifth round picks, which yeah. it's not bad. So I mean, I thought I think it's a good move, and I think it's the only thing that's big for me about the trade is that it signals to me, and I think we've been talking about this a lot all offseason. I think people are probably going to get exhausted by me talking about it at this point, but I want to hammer it home. It feels like a culture shift in maybe I'm wrong, but in just promoting maybe he was a Dubas guy. Yeah. Maybe he was a Dubas guy or maybe it just, maybe it's just like, Hey, you are Sam Lafferty. You, we know what you are, right? But we have a bunch of young players who could potentially be worse than you, but they could also mm -hmm. be better than you. So we're willing to roll the dice on these, a couple of young players and let them play instead of have you filling that roster hole. Now, is that the case for this deal? Probably not. It's probably more of a uh, uh, a cap move in totality here. But at the same time, I, I can't help but feel like that that is probably one of the major reasons as to why uh, he got traded here. So that's a great point. And if you, think, if you look back at game one against the Lightning, who sat and who played? Nice sat, Sam Lafferty played. So yeah. that's a good point there. Another point to be made here is that the Leafs signed Noah Gregor for 775. So league minimum. Sam Lafferty was making 1.15. So I think they looked at it as in their kind of similar-ish players, speed, depth, not the greatest amount of scoring ability. We're going to be saving a little bit of cap here. We're right up against the cap. So, yeah, it's you just know, trim, dollars trim, and cents. Exactly. Trimming around the edges here. But uh, yeah, I think the I think the theme of this offseason, though, maybe it doesn't have to do with this trade, but I think for sure the theme of this offseason was culture shift, promoting our promoting from within, getting to see those young guys play. And that brings me to our next point, next topic that we're going to talk about here. And that's just the, the roster is 99% locked in. Is it 100% locked? It's 99% locked in, right? I mean, so no more changes are coming, right? No more changes are coming. Okay, Bobby so McMahon got put on waivers today. Easton Cowan got sent back to London. Uh, so he's going to be playing in the OHL this year. So Fraser Minton is still with the team. So he's not eligible to be sent to the AHL. He would have to be sent to the WHL. Um, but the one key thing that I recognize, and I saw somewhere, it might have been David Alter or Mark Masters that said it. They said that if they end up having to send Fraser Minton back to the WHL, they're going to put Nylander at 3C. And I don't love that. Nylander's a guy that hasn't played that much center. He played one or two games in the preseason. Yeah, maybe he is a center, but why isn't he playing any center? Why is he not getting any reps at center? So we're going to go with an experiment at a, of a 19-year-old at center for, what, eight, nine games, maybe even less, and then we got to switch to another experiment of Nylander at center for 10 more games to see if that works with the, the line mates that we're giving him. So that, that, that's a quarter of the season that we're experimenting with here. I'm not sure I really like that. And on the Fraser Minton note, on the young guys note, I love Matthew Nye's getting a chance with him. I love that we're giving Fraser Minton a chance. 
I do think in the end he ends up back in junior. I think he's not quick enough yet, but he's still young. He's still a babyface assassin. You could still add some, you know, man strength to that frame and, and get those feet moving a little quicker. Yeah, and I will say, like, I was shocked that Min- Minton's still on the roster right now. I'm not going to lie. I-, I definitely am shocked. I'm pretty sure literally last episode I said, hey, he's going to probably get sent back down, and he didn't. Uh, and, I mean, just, just to quickly continue with the Fraser Minton at sea here. I mean, every day goes by. He's on the roster right now. Is he going to stay there? I don't know. But, like, every day that goes by makes me think he might be staying there more and more and more and more. And I'm like, I love that they have him flanked with Matthew Nyes. I think that's a great pairing. And Cal Yarncroft, they gave him some good line mates. They're giving him a good chance. So it's nice to see in terms of philosophy that we're giving a, a young guy a good chance, a good look, like a serious look. We're not giving him Abe Kubel and Zach Aston Reese. Like, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then just to go off from there as well, you mentioned uh, Nylander at sea. I mean, Listen, if this is if this is the nine game experiment, and then we're just gonna go Nylander to see at sea for majority of the time. I, I'm okay with that. Like, I don't know. I, I know you don't feel the same way, but I think we'll give it some runway. I think Nylander at center is a better option than Fraser Minton at center. I'll go on the record saying that. Fair enough, and I I don't think that's yeah, I don't think that that's that egregious of a of a call there either. So like, I don't I don't know. I I'm just honestly just genuinely shocked. Minton is on this team here but like are we are we getting like this is crazy this is going to be crazy here but am i i'm kind of getting like a little bit of it's not going to happen but like what what if what if what if right there's like maybe a five to ten percent chance of this happening what if this third minton's good he sticks with the team and this three c ends up this third line ends up being like that florida line from like was it two years ago where mason marchment played with anton lindell and they absolutely tore it up against lesser competition because listen, they they were not that they were like they were fringe top six players at the time that could play in teams top sixes, but they were playing mm-hmm. such poor competition and they would dominate yes. their expected okay. goal share. Like, can we potentially see that in Minton and Nyes as a pairing, con- comparing that to Anton Lindell and uh and uh and Mason Marchman here? I forget who the third guy on that wing was for them. It might have been like a, Duclair. Maybe it was Duclair. Uh, maybe not. Though. But do you? I do, am I crazy? Am I crazy for like drawing those comparisons, or do you think? So no, not at all. I think that's genuinely a great. Like, it's a stretch in terms of like like Mike Marchman had forty seven points in fifty three games. Like, yeah, I, I do see the logic there though, and I do like the thinking behind it for sure. Um. My one issue is like Anton Lundell was a 15th over what 12th yeah, or 15th yeah. overall pick. You <laughs> yeah. know, he's a little more highly touted than what Fraser pedigree. is. Yeah. Um, yeah, way more pedigree than Minton. My issue also is when you dig a layer deeper, um, who's getting the tough matchups for the Leafs? Like when you look at it, like are you giving tough matchups to Tavares Domi Nylander? No, not a chant. So then is it going to Matthews then? It's like, oh, okay. It can't go to Camp. Camp has Gregor and Ryan Reeves on his line. That's not really a shutdown line. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think they're yeah. they're they're just going to be rolling lines kind of thing. The first games against Montreal, if it's a disaster there, oh boy. Um, the second games against Minnesota, they're a, a better team, I would say. And then third game is against Chicago, who... I don't know if it was a testament to – I was watching a little bit. I don't know if it was a testament to Chicago or a testament to what Pittsburgh's got going on there, but it was a very, very close game. <laughs> yeah, and I I, I don't want to like have a talk about them, but just one quick thing on that Pittsburgh-Chicago game. Either Chicago is a lot better than we expected based on their roster or Pittsburgh's a lot worse. Don't want to overreact to one game, but I think it's the latter, not the former. So um, just quickly, line combinations, just looking at – who Mason Marchment played with in that 21-22 year. He played... Okay, that, that, that's I, that's a part that I'm missing from my brain that's probably important. The third winger was Sam Reinhardt. So, like, that's a big difference <laughs> from Car- Cali Yarncrook. So, but like, maybe not. But, like, also at the same time, like... He didn't have a very good 5-on-5 five five year last year. But, yeah. yeah. But the, Cali Yarncrook, Sam, Sam, Sam Reinhardt. Who are you taking? 
Exactly. Exactly. But who knows? Hey, maybe maybe we find like an upgrade forward. I don't know. Maybe we upgrade a forward on the roster midseason. If Minton six, who knows? Anyways, let's let's uh that's that's pretty much it here with the the Minton stuff. Shocked that he's here. Excited for it. Uh, can they be like that Florida line? Probably not. But let's give it. I'd say there's like a ten percent chance that that line maybe not produces the same amount of points, but can have like a 55, 58 expected goal share uh, if they're playing lesser competition. But again, we'll have to see how they roll lines here against the uh, Montreal Canadiens on opening night, which is tomorrow. So um, before we get into our next talk here, actually, no, we, we already talked about this. Noah Gregor signed. Uh, not really much to say here, but Noah minimum. Signed. Yeah. What, I, like fourth liner, some speed. Not much offensive generation, especially relative to what he did in the preseason. Um, I'll tell you that for free. But what I do want to tell you about is that we're brought to you today by Manscaped, who has taken a step up from Balloween to bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen. So this season, no need to toil and trouble. Manscaped's all-new handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble. Featuring a compact design and next-gen skin-safe technology, the handyman was designed to give you that smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shape. Get the sweetest treat this Halloween by going to manscaped.com and using code RINKRAT, that is R-I-N-K-R-A-T, for 20% off plus free shipping. We love Manscaped's products. We're Excited to continue our partnership with them, guys. This Halloween or Balloween, keep your keep your shit clean. Manscaped.com, twenty percent off. R i n k r a t. Yeah, and uh, it's funny that you did that because I was I was gonna I was gonna do the ad read there quickly, but I'm like uh, I didn't bring it pulled up on my computer, so I'm like, uh quickly, Noah Gregor, well, I knew, throw to yeah. you so I can. But like, I, it felt like an ad read type of. Yeah, like yeah, that's, right there. That, that's what for I was sure. trying to throw for. And I'm like, I don't know where I put the script on my lap, <laughs> on my computer. I'm oh, like okay. frantically looking around. Anyways, it's all good. Uh, last thing we want to touch on here. When you have to, during the episode, you have to look for something. It's yeah, like, it's it's the worst. I, from the ad read. Computer to never works. Computer never works when you need to. Yeah. And then me trying to frantically look up line mates from 2021, 2022 for mason marchman now i sound like a fool because they freaking played with dude they played what was it it looks like it was 50 percent of their minutes at even strength or no that's that's their points yeah 50 percent. yeah they just just played a lot just played a lot with yeah. it, with with uh sam so it was a good line it was a great line i forgot it was sam reinhardt why did no one ever talk about that when they talked about mason march we're like hey He's dominating goals, but he's also playing with Sam Reinhardt against third lines. Like, where where yeah. was that conversation? Anyways, that's true. En- enough of that. I, <laughs> uh, quickly, uh, let's just. Oh, we already touched on McMahon, but we did everything here. With it. What, what am yeah, I saying? Russell on waivers, unfortunately. We're big Bobby McMahon podcast, so we're pulling for him to clear waivers. Hopefully, Kyle Dubas, after this monstrosity from his third uh, his depth players, doesn't. Uh, you know, go McMahon hunting and we get to keep him and see him later in the season. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I did want to like, we're going to rally rattle off essentially what the lines are going to be tomorrow. I did want to read off what the lines were in the playoffs in 20. What year is this? 18 gardeners on this team. So 2018, right? Yeah, I can't remember. Game one versus Boston. Hyman, Tavares, Marner, Janssen, Matthews, Kapanen, Marlo, Kadri, Nylander, Moore, Gautier, Brown. And then when Kadri got suspended, they moved Nylander to center and they put Tyler Ennis on Matthews' wing. Honestly, they never. Babcock hated giving Matthews good line mates. He gave him uh, Nylander for a while. And then this, this season, 17, 18, he gave him some brutal. I don't have the, the numbers up in front of me in terms of who his line mates were most commonly, but Oh my God, Janssen Matthews Kapanen. Well, I mean, I feel like that's also just been the theme of our core four for like the last five, five, not even five years. Like, like since they've kind of joined, it's like, 
it feels like we haven't like we've talked about this so much, but they haven't had guys on their wings to support them, like good enough guys. It's just uh, it was just never oh, there. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Other yeah. than like Michael well, Bunting is the best, right? Which is, but that's but like Bunting. Listen, they had Hyman that one season. They Hyman, played. yeah, Hyman. You know what? You're right. Hyman was good. But Sorry, Hyman maybe was it. in and out. And yeah, then and, and, and remember also, the Thornton. Yeah, that was crazy. And that was the year Hyman was actually nasty for us. Like that was yeah, peak. Was that was almost his peak year. Uh, and then he went back least. to Hyman in the playoffs. It didn't really work, but he was injured, yeah. so give him the benefit of the doubt there. But yeah, yeah Tyler but... Ennis was on Matthews's wing in the playoffs. How crazy! It's crazy. And we almost won that series too, if I'm remembering correctly, right? Like we we did yeah, we, we not win seven. Game Six that series? Uh, seventeen, eighteen. I think they had to come from behind, and then Game mm. Seven they were winning, and it was just the. It was the Jake Gardner, Frederick Anderson disaster class. The next season, they were up 3 2. Mm-hmm. And then they just couldn't score in that game seven. And then yeah. game seven was just a garbage. Yeah, I don't need to. Anyways, read. just wanted to think about <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's crazy to think about. But also, like, uh, this was also a thing going around on Twitter, courtesy of you, though, uh, just comparing last year's roster to this year's roster at the start of the season. And, like, people are like, you did a poll on your on the Instagram, and it was like legit ninety nine percent of the people who, yeah, who first of, who's the one percent, but like ninety nine percent of people, like basically everyone who voted on that poll thought that our team is better than last year. And I think the biggest thing that people aren't aren't realizing here is because hey, we're not spending five million dollars on a goalie at the start of the season who's only going to play twenty games for us. Like that is massive, and like no one's mentioned that. It's like hey. Do we just forget that we we started the season with Matt Murray last year and every like and we I'm gonna victory lap this we roasted the shit out of that call right there and we knew it was gonna be bad and like what a shocker you go from having a guy like Matt Murray and instead you bring in a guy like Tyler Bertuzzi that's the that's almost the exact same amount of cap dollars then give or take 600k so it's like oh shit we're better you like yeah, yeah we're better and I'm happy that we're better by the way but I just wanted to victory lap that one thing there sorry you wanted to speak. You're spending less on two goalies this year than you did on Matt Murray last year. So there you go. It's exactly. Someone brought up a good point, fan, uh, football thing, but like goalies should be like running backs. You just kind of get in as many as you can. And like, it, there's a, very few that are worth, worth paying in the league. And then you just kind of just sh- throw your darts and hope that they, they stick. Yeah. So anyways, uh, yeah, it's a, it's team- weird. There's no, there's no, to me, there's no rule on, oh, because I remember someone tried to tell me, yeah, you just sign goalies from college. When does that ever work? What they free agent Canadian college goaltenders? Canadian colleges. And, uh, Honestly, more, I think, Logan yeah. Thompson. <laughs> yeah, Logan Thompson. <laughs> Zach Sachenko, too. Uh, I don't, I don't think he's really gonna, but he's yeah, on, whatever. he has an NHL contract. Um, yeah. I don't think any college free agents, like I, I can't think of any that ended up Alex Lyon. That's it. Yeah. I might be thinking. We got to bring back Ben back on to give us a little more clarity with the goalie stuff, but oh, uh, yeah. he's, he's an encyclopedia. Anyways, right, anyways, let's get into the lines, what the lines are. It's first line Bertuzzi, Matthews, Marner. Second line is going to be Domi, John Tavares, William Nylander, uh, William Nylander, obviously on the wing. Third line is going to be Matthew Nyes, Fraser Minton, Callie Yarncroft. Fourth line, Callie Yarncroft, by the way, he beat the trade trade uh, allegations. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, Sam Lafferty did not. I think when you look at it, actually, though, Yarncroft made 2.1. Lafferty mm-hmm. made 1.15. And who got injured in between those trade Con- runners? Con- Connor Timmons. Connor Timmons Connor- at 1.1. So that's very funny to me. Um, and then our fourth line is Noah Gregor, uh, David Camp, and Ryan Reeves. And then on defense, it's Jake McCabe, John Klingberg, Brody, Riley, Giordano, Logren. I love starting that. In oh. probably so a lot of people are kind of making a, I don't want to say making a stink about Logren playing on the third pairing. Am I the only one who's like, Yo, Klingberg's actually been like a legit top four NHL defenseman. Why? Why are we making that big of a deal about it? Like, or you I, you feel the opposite? I I I can see where they're coming from. Definitely. Okay, fair, fair. Uh, I mean, it, it's I don't I like it's just I don't know what Klingberg's gonna look like. It's it's so up and down. Like he's gonna have those Jake Gardner games. You remember that game where they booed him because <laughs> he kept wait, turning the- Gardner. 
Yeah, in his last year against Colorado, I believe I, it was. I think it was the. I remember. Yeah, I that, think yeah. it was against Colorado. The the, the, Crazy. the home crowd booed Jake Gardner. Um, so yep. you're, he's going to have some of those games, but then he's going to you know snap it around on the power play and, and score some nasty goals and make some nasty plays. But yeah, that's just I'll, John Klingberg. I'll say one thing: if you were a guy who was pro Gardner when he was on the Leafs, you should be a guy who's pro Klingberg just because he's new. He's a new face. Doesn't mean you don't have to be pro Klingberg. Like if if you were pro Gardner, they're going to be they're, they're they're similar players. It's a great great um uh comp uh right there. And I I think Klingberg probably has a higher ceiling too. Like but yeah, he's, play, he's but played Gardner, at a higher. Ceiling. I would say is probably a little better defensively. Is that even possible though? Like how? <laughs> oh god, I gotta wait. we're gonna have to wait and see tomorrow. Um, yeah. Klingberg's a fun one to watch. I'll tell you that for free. But yeah. anyways, um, so yeah, I, I think you could have, uh, if, if Neiland, if, sorry, Neiland, wrong suite. Uh, Lilgrim was in the top four. I wouldn't have been surprised at all. I mean, Klingberg is, he's a wild card. You don't know what to expect from him. Like top four competition. How does he play there? I don't know. We'll see. Like, We've seen him play like against in Minnesota. He played well last year, but again, it was a lot of ups and a lot of downs. So get ready for that. Can, does it fit well? Does it mesh well with the, the playing style of the Leafs? Is he going to, you know, get the wrong matchups out there and the wrong teammates out there? What's it going to look like? So I don't know. I'm, I, again, we saw one preseason game of Klingberg and like, what does that really tell you? Not much. So we'll see yeah. how it looks in the regular season. It's an easy switch. Yeah. And we're, and listen, I'm going to need like a three game minimum sample size before I even like make yeah. any opinions on these guys. So TJ Brody's second game is a leaf. I think it was his first two people were not happy with him. Crazy. How's he been since? Very, very good. Someone said like, TJ stands for total junk. Oh my God. That's such a lame. That's such a bad freaking like chirp like get out of here with that okay that's Is that leaf soak guy i don't know but anyways okay. <laughs> all right um anything else you want to do with uh with regards to this roster or you know anything yeah, else you want to talk about? still don't it. see where ryan reeves fits in with our shutdown center but we'll see again you'll you'll again, be surprised how wait and see Listen, this that that line is going to be like the cleanliness line. We'll keep everything clean, right? We'll keep it clean in our defensive zone. You'll be surprised how much piss and vinegar can clean stuff. <laughs> that was a stretch. That was a bit of a stretch. Anyways, it's a massive stretch. Uh, we'll we'll move on. Uh, uh, Samsonov starting tomorrow, correct? That's confirmed. I, probably, I, I would be very surprised if he's not. Yeah, I, I don't see it confirmed anywhere. I'm just going to operate on the yeah, assumption. It hasn't been announced. It'll probably be announced tomorrow. Okay, awesome, awesome. Because yeah, he's uh, it's been been good for us last year. Excited to see him play for yeah. us this year. And I think yeah. All right, let's move on from there. Uh, yes. Anything else you want to touch on? Let's get into some over unders for Leafs players in terms of points and goals this season, shall we? Yes, let's do that. And I just want to quickly preface that these are. Courtesy of the Athletic, uh, I you we used Dom's, Dom and Shana's fancy little fantasy projection chart here. They've projected out basically point totals, goals, assists, and even games played um, for some guys. So, uh, yeah, we're gonna be basing our point totals on that. And I guess, well, I guess these are gonna be like. I, I guess instead of over under, we should call it like too high or too low. Maybe I think that's a better, better way to do it because I mean, some of these, it feels like going through them are at like the upper end of the extremity. But if you're looking for point totals and over unders, you should definitely check out DraftKings uh, because the NFL, NFL season is around the corner. No, no, it's not around the corner. It started, it's going strong. And DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking up new customers with an even stronger. Offer bet five bucks on any game this week to score two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets, and DraftKings is not stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener every game day this October. I mean, DraftKings has a ton of odds available, ton of exotic markets for the NFL, 
and they have a ton of exotic markets for the NHL. So if you're looking to bet on the NHL, and if you're looking to bet point totals, today will probably be your last day to do so uh, when you're listening to this. So if if you're listening to this on the day this is released, but uh, yeah, make sure you go check out DraftKings. Uh, check out the exotic markets they have to offer there. And we're going to be talking about Leafs points totals. So if you want to get in on the action there, that's a good way to do so is over at DraftKings.com. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text hope new york 467 369 in Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, LA. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources here so head over to DraftKings use code THPN when you sign up help support the show dang so, all right let's jump right into it first with our first one here start with the mat with Austin Matthews we're not going to go through every single player here we're gonna go through a couple of key players first one obviously is Austin Matthews Dom has him projected Projected 79 games played, 105 points. Do you feel like that's too high or too low or just right? Is that a, that would be a new career high, right? His previous career high was 102. Yeah, I, I think so. In his 60 point season, something like that, around there, 100. 60 goal season. Maybe, no, he had 106 in that 60 goal season. 106, okay. But he only played 73 games. This is projecting him to miss two games here. So, I mean, falling just mm. short of that career high, I think this is to me just right. If we're gonna do, let's. I think I think the best way to do this is we should discuss this before. But the the porridge system, the the, the three bears system, right? Too hot, too cold, just right. I think this is just right, right here for Austin Matthews. His goal total is listed according to Dom here at fifty four. So points, one hundred five goals. 54. What are your thoughts? Too high, too low, just right? Bertuzzi on the wing now. Just trying to think like injuries. I can't project injuries. So why would why would I even try? Okay. He said just, two just games assume he plays seven. Yeah, two games missed. Just assume that's he said that's two good. games missed. I, I could see that for sure. I, I think, yeah, 50s. He should hit 50s. He's getting paid like he should be hitting 50s now. So he better be hitting 50. So yeah, I'll, I'll 100 and 106 sounds 106. You said 105. 105 sounds like about right. If we were going over under, not gonna. I would. I know this is a leaf show. I'd probably take the under, but I think above 95. Yeah, fair enough. And I think like I'm gonna pull up the DraftKings betting odds right here because I didn't. Uh, I should have done this beforehand. But um, I mean, for me. Like I'm just gonna go to, on a limb, and obviously, again, you said we're a leaf show. I think he could hit the over. I think he can creep into the 110 territory simply off the fact of this line. If Bertuzzi is healthy for the entire year, his playmaking ability has been very. I feel like it's not underrated anymore because I feel like the, when everyone talks about Tyler Bertuzzi, the first thing they say is his playmaking ability is underrated because he can he can playmake with the putt. Right, he's a smart player on the puck here. So I think that like we got now two guys. Who can feed Austin Matthews the puck? I I think I think this is like going to be the best iteration we've ever seen of this line here. I think this is going to be the Ooh. best line put together in Leafs history. So just for that, I don't know if he'll rival McDavid's point totals, his banana point totals, but I think that this line will be the best line in the NHL, and I think he'll he'll go a little bit over, if not just right at the 105 right here. Okay. And I think he's I think he gets the 58 goals, maybe not 60. Ah. But I think he gets the 58 goal. So the goal total, a little lower. So it's a little easier to be bold on that in particular. But yeah, that's that's what I'm going with here. 
Um, I'm just quickly trying to see if I can pull. I think up. 105 is just but, right. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair here. I think it's a, it's a just right number. You better so, that number. Interestingly enough, DraftKings here has the over under 96 and a half heavily juiced minus 115 both sides. I mean, you know, 115. Oh, yeah, like 96 and a half. Yeah, my yeah, but I the only reason why I wouldn't take the over here is you if you're ever betting on player totals, you just kind of never want to take overs in general because you never know an injury can always derail the over and mm. like kill it almost. Uh, almost. So wait, you just do unders and you prey on injuries? No, 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 you don't. No, that's not what I do. I find if I like the under, I'll take the under. If I, I would have to really like the over to take the okay. Over. That's the thought process here. Yeah, but that's yeah, just so, a terrible line. I would, I love the over. Yeah, it's just a but, terrible line. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't stake real dollars on that. Uh, just nah, based no, on injuries. Same. And, no. Let's move on here to Mitch Marner. Do you think, in terms of like, okay. sorry to go into advanced yeah. stats, do you think the medium medium danger goal totals jumps back to what it was before? Because you remember, I we we outlined it. High danger was the same. Low danger was the same. It was the medium danger goals at five on five. They really killed them. Do you think it goes back to normal? Maybe, and I'm I'm it wondering. Has to, just, it has to to fit your 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 total here. It it would, and I think it I think it does, and I I wonder if it's like pre shot movement from Todd Bertuzzi creating like setting him up maybe on on a couple on a couple. But yeah. Am I good? Am I back? The, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, been on the internet lately. Move on here to Mitch Marner at 101 points, uh, 33 goals. I mean, just right. Too hot, too cold. What do you think? Too high, too low? So that would be a career high for him. He's never been over 99 points. And if you look at his numbers last year compared to the year before, I think the year before he had 97 or something like that, but it was heavily the power play helped him up there too, uh, or helped him up last year versus the year before. His five-on-five five numbers did drop last year a tad. Um, I do think 102 is possible. I, I do think that, whew, is it just right? If he sticks with Austin Matthews, I feel like he could, he could beat it. Mm-hmm. And especially uh, like if the power play continues to hum. I'll go over. I mean, these these numbers sound about right. That's yeah, they're 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 in general like very high. Like for context here, again, we're gonna reference DraftKings. DraftKings actually has a higher higher point total on Marner than Matthews. Ooh. I think it's well, oddly, yeah. enough, oddly enough, it's at lined at ninety nine and a half. And I wonder if that has to. That's probably just pricing in. Austin Austin Matthews has missed like five to ten games over the last mm. five seasons, right per year. So it's like. They're just baking Marner's that at 99 the price. and a half. Yeah, Marner's right at 99 and a half. And like actually, like what's the the the, it's 15, the number? 115 both sides. Like these are going to be heavily wow. juiced no matter what. So you might want to shop around. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have a DraftKings account, you want to open up multiple sports books. So make sure you use code THPN when you do that. Anyways, um, Mitch Marner for me, 101 points. That feels like I think he would just based off of my Matthews theory, I think he goes over that too. And I think he gets again. 33 goals is about right. It's kind of weird that we talk about Mitch Marner as a 30 goal scorer, but he's a 30 goal scorer and he could like, I mean, again, same thing with, I think Bertuzzi's passing in this, these projections. I don't know if, I don't know how you would even bake that in. Uh, I don't know if they're being baked in correctly though. And I I think the on ice product we see of this line legitimately will, they'll outmatch what we see in that Dallas line. I think that again, like I said, this is going to be the best line in hockey. I'm, and I'm not, I'm not being hyperbolic. I'm not being Leaf Fanny when I say that. I genuinely think this is the best line in hockey. Uh, we'll, but we'll have to see when the season starts. So uh, for me, just right leaning towards could should be higher. So uh, yeah, depending on yeah. yeah. Fair yeah, enough. Just right. Yeah, I, I think he he surpasses a hundred this year. Yeah, I, I, really I think do. I I hope so because like I just feel bad for him because. Like, I mean, his points per game on, a, on an 82 game season is over uh, 100, but it just I know. has not played those last like three games and it's cut them a bit. So, sticking with this line here, though, Bertuzzi 
I'm going to just throw him out there. Uh, Dom's projection here has him at 50 points, but it's important to note that his projection also has him at 68 games played. So missing about 12, 14 ish games. And that's like a median, right? He could miss a lot more, yeah. could miss a lot less too. Right. Uh, but yeah, so excuse me, not f- uh, 50 points. He has 49 points. Not that it makes that much of a difference here. And he has 20 goals. So is that too high, too low? Just right. I think that's low. I, like, it's so tough to project health. That's the thing. Like, yeah. who am I to project health of a player? I don't oh. know. So, yeah, I, I would say, I think last year he got bad luck when it comes to health. I, I really think the issue is he's not getting first power place. That You have to take that that's into a good point. That's a great point. And, like, Tavares has been very healthy the past few years. So how much power play is Tyler Bertuzzi going to see? Not very much at all. Um, so in terms of, but then you got to think Michael Bunting on that first line struggled for like half a season, I would say, was not really on it until a third through the season, something like that, maybe even more. And he ended up with 63 points that year. 82 games played mm-hmm. and again not on the power play so i think yeah i think 70 is very possible if he stays healthy i think 70 is very possible yeah it'll be crazy that's, 70, like, yeah. that's on the higher end but i'm I'm very high on this line so, and so, so yeah, are you evidently yeah i i think he's all like listen if he plays 68 games and he's on this line for the entire season i think he's a lock to score 30 and i think 65 70 points is like what the median should be and not like 50 here and again this is like just obviously this isn't like his opinion it's just a model right so it's just based on inputs from previous seasons but i mean we've always had theories that they don't do they do their best job to isolate player impacts uh, individual player impact but it's almost impossible to do in a game like hockey so I think player impact is going to be huge here. And I think I truly believe this line will be the best in hockey. Yeah. I'm not going to say it again. I've said it enough times already here. So I mean, but also when you look at his past numbers, like, okay, he was awesome yeah, in right. Boston. He was awesome in Boston in the playoffs. He was very good in Boston for the 20 great game stretch. They played yep. in the regular season there, but look at the half of the season before that. You have to take that into account, don't you? Look at not that the last season he was 62, or not last season, the season before 21 22. He was 62 and 68. He missed 14 yep. games because um the border restrictions, right? The season before that, he played nine games. Have to take that into account as well, too, right? So that's where the projection is going to be on the lower end because he's never hit 70 points. Mm-hmm. 62 in 68, 30 goals in that 68 games, but he had eight goals last year in 50 games. So that's where the projections to be on the lower end. So that's where you need to, you know, that's where we're just being very optimistic on what we, what we know and what we see. I, I already know for a fact, because I just completely wrote, throated this line on how good it is. They're going to be shooting. Like I'm going to oh. guess. Oh. <laughs> I was just, I love this line so much. I'm just stroking it. So uh, I'm going to guess in the first 10 games, <laughs> in the first 10 games, this line is going to have an on ice shooting percentage of like 3%. Just, I already know. And where there's going to be talks, there's just going to, we just know that the variance is going to come into play. And we're going to be like, this line is generating a ton, but they're just not going to get any points because it's just some crazy shooting luck. I just have a weird gut feeling because I just went off on how good it is. But, anyways, let's move on from that first line here let's get into Nylander and the Tavares and maybe Domi for the full season we'll see if that happens but uh starting with Nylander here I mean projected 81 games uh he's got 88 points projected uh by Dom here and 38 goals I mean what are your thoughts on 88 points and 38 goals for William Nylander it's just such a this is just such a wait and see because when you look at in the past, they've never had him and Tavares have never had a winger that has really had any mm. sort of offensive upside. I think they put Callie Yarncroft with them. I, yeah. I don't know. It's just been so hit and miss, but there's, there was so much Alex Kerfoot in there. 
So now you're replacing with someone with more offensive upside, with more, uh, with speed, but Mm -hmm. uses it more effectively, I would say, in terms of carrying the puck up the ice, a better passer than what Alex Kerfoot was. So how does that impact it? But then with Nylander's projection, you also have to take into account, okay, what if he gets moved to 3C? Probably play more than Tavares, but Mm -hmm. now he's in a different spot. It's It's a different feel. So taking into account, which the model can't, how is it supposed to? Taking into account that Nylander might play a good chunk at center, I think that's going to affect his point total. So I'd be on the lower end of this one simply because of that. If Nylander is playing all season on Tavares's wing with say Matthew Nye's guaranteed, then I'd be low on, I'd be, I'd say, Hey, 38 goals is very low, but that's not the case that we have right now. So Mm -hmm. with all that we know and just throwing in little pieces to, you know, make the total, I think 80 points should be reasonable for him. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's, I think that's reasonable for him. And question to you, I I think uh, quickly, just for me here, just right. And maybe leaning slightly towards under and not by a lot. Maybe he gets 84. I just, again, it's going to be hard for him. Like last year, he played amazing, right? Like, and it's going to be hard for him to, I think, to replicate that season. I mean, he's done it for two years now. 34 goals, 80 points in 21-22. 40 goals, 87 points, 22-23. Might be a little harder for him to replicate that. My only question is, like, can he do this if he's playing on the third line? by essentially by himself i think he I, I don't think he can get to 80 80 what was it, 88 maybe he gets to 78 maybe he just maybe flirts with that 88 number but i don't know it's going to be interesting to see because one if he's playing 3c i don't think it's going to limit his usage but like if he sees like a one minute reduction of playing time per game that's big. which i which i don't think is like i don't think they should do but if that, that is the case like how that affect things and then also if this team is good and they're leading for a lot of games, is he going to see less playing time when we're ahead? Like uh, the usage here scares me, right? That's the thing with the first line. We know they're playing 20 minutes, 22 minutes a night, no matter what mm-hmm. William Nylander. I, I feel like if you were to track a game to game usage, his, the, the, the range is a lot wider. So maybe I'm completely overthinking this 88 feels just right. Shading under for me. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, like the the possibility of him having to play center and then him moving from Tavares' wing, that's going to rejig a lot of things too. Like then you have to fill in the second line there. Yeah. So then who gets moved up? You're going to like, you'd have to call someone up, right? Who would that be? Because I actually it, have no idea right now. And then who moves up from the third line to like, it's, it, there's a lot of moving parts just from one player moving. Right. And and we've also seen before, like when, like, for example, like, I don't know, like a penalty kill shift, right? We're going to, th- or so- sometimes to end a period, they'll mm-hmm. throw out Nylander, Marner, Matthews. They're not doing that again. They're just going to leave the Bertuzzi. Like I assume they're just going to leave Bertuzzi out there. I think Bertuzzi is good enough and better than bite and more trusted probably than Michael Bunting. Maybe they do, but I think Bertuzzi is a lot better than Michael Bunting is. So, just like yeah. maybe I'm galaxy braining this, but yeah, that's that's why I'm shading towards the under here. The next one that's kind of shocking, John Tavares sticking at with 75. This line here, yeah, John Tavares at 75 here. Last year he got 80 points. He hasn't gotten. I mean, we can't really count those COVID seasons because like 56 games, 63 games. But like the last time he got below this point total here of 75, which is what Dom is projecting here, that was back in. 2016 2017 is second last year on the Islanders. So it's it's been a while since we've seen a John Tavares mm-hmm. season where he puts up so few points. But I mean, makes sense with aging curves. 1990 uh, born player. He's going to be 33 I think in or maybe he just turned 33, right? Mm. His 5 on 5 production dipped from last year to this uh, I'm sorry, from Last season, his five-on-five production dipped from the season before that. He had a career year on the power play, I want to say, if not one of his best power play years ever. So, like, how much better is he going to be on the power play? Well, I don't know. I mean, 
might take a hair off there. If not, maybe you say he's equal from last year mm. to this year. Okay. But his five on five production is not trending in the right direction and neither like he's, he's get he's going to be 33 now. So that's where like we, we projected last year, like 60 points for him. Remember? Yeah. And he, he shoved it to us because he was <laughs> awesome on the power play. He was really, really good on the power play and yeah. he really stuffed it to us. Yeah. Because what do you have? 80 points beat us by 20. Yeah. So how I sucked on that. But, um, yeah, I can see where, you know, going from 80 to 75 is not that unreasonable. Um, it feels. Yeah, it feels. It uh, feels just right-ish, I want to say. Yeah, I think I'm I think I'm closing on that just right. Just to, where's the under? I feel like 70 is all. If you anywhere between 70 to 75 is fair. Okay, and it's yeah. based off of what you said there. The power play was just humming for him last year. I mean, 39 power play points. Second half of the goals. season, though, look at that five-on-five production. It was putrid. Yeah, like, listen, you you live and die by your five-on-five production in the NHL. You're only going to get two to, like, what, max five minutes of power play time a game unless you're the Edmonton Oilers and you get, like, 30. Then that's a different story. We're not the Edmonton Oilers here. So we're not going to get those power play minutes. Um, or if it's in the playoffs, you get one minute. Exactly. So uh, you just got to capitalize on it. But, yeah, so 37 points at five on five here for John Tavares. I mean, the power play 30. I can't believe the craziest thing to me though, on the power play he shot the puck 103 times. That's so bananas. That feels yeah, so, his, that feels so crazy. Individual expected goals and his shot totals went up like crazy. That's just odd. Maybe, maybe, you know what? Maybe we're missing something here and it's like not going to affect anything. And that's just like the, the way that they want to run the power play here. But uh, yeah, feels just right with, for me. It would be crazy. I mean, Leafs were second in power play last year. I think power play percentage. Yeah. Like, and we're just kind of assuming that it's going to stay the same. Like, what if it if it gets better under with Klingberg? I don't know. That'd be that'd be nice, right? Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I guess well, we're being. I guess we're kind we're of being. being little- you know. We're, we're, I don't want to say we're being harsh. I think we're just being honest with ourselves because he yeah. is, he's what, 32 now? Yeah, he's going to be yeah, 33. 33. He, ju- he just turned 33. So he's 32, just turned 33. I mean, father time comes for all. I hope, exactly. I hope he can, I hope John can stay as young, stay young for as long as possible. He better not be any tomatoes, no inflammation, inf- no, nothing that gives him inflammation. Text Tom Brady, get to know his diet. Oh, God. Anyways, uh, let's let's stick with this line. I don't I don't know how long this is gonna be a line for, but let's go with Max Max Domi here. Forty three points, fifteen goals. Uh, I think his projection for games is at eighty. Rather healthy career for Max Domi uh, in in recent memory here. So, what are your thoughts on this Max Domi? Forty three points and fifteen goals. The 43 points is like he had 59 last year, but he was playing like 20 minutes a game with Chicago, Mm -hmm. but his Mm -hmm. numbers with Dallas were still very, very nice. Again, this is not, this is another guy. He's not going to be on the power play. So that's really going to impact his numbers. And that's where like he had 59 last year. He had 20 goals. I think he had like four or five empty netters too. So how many empty netters is he going to get this year? Uh, how much power plays he get time is he going to get? Not very much. So that's where 59 feels like too high, but I think in the, I think 50, we saw Kerfoot get 50 one year. Why the hell couldn't Max Domi get 50? Yeah. Yeah. He's at 43 right now, uh, that Dom projected him at. And I, I, one thing I want to see is like split between time on ice for the second power play for the Leafs and, and like, percentage of goal distribution between first and second power play because i think that's going to be a factor here when when considering this kind of stuff i I have him pegged if he sticks with this second line probably to have 30 30 to 40 even strength points 40 being incredibly generous 40 would be like shockingly really really good uh with the amount of playing time he's probably going to get here so this feels again just right Mm mm-hmm I'm not going to go over under here. I think I think this is the one that I have here as just right. Even though I'm just generally, right even though I'm generally down, I don't want to say da- I'm down on this line. I'm just down on this line scoring like at a crazy clip, you know. So, the Domi line. 
yeah, just because I'm worried, I'm worried it's gonna get split up, right? And then, mm. then those points get those points, like oh, those okay. goals. You're, you're gonna have sense. goals split up between those two lines, so it's gonna be, yeah. it's gonna be more stretched out, I think, between the second and third line than this compact second line that we're getting here. But um, I think they like we, they did. They, we saw it in the preseason. If Nylander moves to center, they put Domi on his wing. So that's true. That's true. Maybe and honestly, do that again. If that happens, though, that could also be better for Domi in point, just from pure point production perspective here, because I doubt that that that, that a line of Domi and Nylander is going to be seeing that tough of competition. So I, I mean, when you only have when you have Tavares, Domi, and Nylander on one line together, they're ha- like the other team is going to have to put tougher competition against them. But then if you split them up, you're making that other team make a choice of who do they want that who's your strike second. Who's your strongest second defensive line? Do you want them playing against Domini Lander or do you want them playing against Tavares uh, and whoever his line mates are here? But that just about wraps up Domi. Let's quickly, last forward we have on the slate here is Matthew Nyes. Ooh. And this is going to depend on playing time. It's going to be of a course. crazy one. And what the hell are we going to get from him? Like, I don't know. 37 points, 16 goals is what uh, Dom has here. Over. Kidding me? I'm taking the over too. Are you kidding me? 40 points, 20 goals with my eyes closed. With my eyes closed. Like, oh, okay. So I have the Tavares numbers. So I said that last year, second, like second half, he really fell off in terms of five on five production. Um, so his last 25 games, uh, at five on five, he had I I just left the page, but I think he had like a point every other game, like 14 Mm. points or something like that. One less than Nylander. So I think 13 points in 24 games at five on five with five goals. But with 14 games left in the season at five on five, John Tavares had zero goals, five assists, three of them primary. That's not good. His last 14 games, he did not score a goal at five on five. Yeah, that's not good. That happened. (laughs) Austin Matthews had seven in that time. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Hopefully, so, he starts the year hot, hot off hot again, uh, and hopefully, it's not. Neander only had five points too, four goals, yeah. but five points. Yeah, I remember they were so, tough down the stretch there. So we'll see. I mean, that maybe that opens up an opportunity late in the season for Matthew Nice to jump up, earn a promotion, mm-hmm. and hit his get his fiftieth point as a Leaf. Um, but yeah. yeah. 37 feels a little low. 16 goals feels it's a little low. To it's tough to predict. I'm, I'm, no, honestly, if Pierre Engvall can score like 16 goals for us, and like he potted yeah, 20 yeah. last year, right? Was it? Potted 20? No, pot- I think he was under that. He had 15 the year before. Last year, I think he might have hit 17 total between the okay. Islanders and Leafs. Okay, yeah, he had 12 in, in uh, 58 games. Listen, if Nylander can, or sorry, excuse me, if Engvall can pot 15 goals in 78 games, I'm not putting it past Matthew Nyes to pop 20 in that same amount of time span playing similar minutes to that. And that's assuming he gets only third line minutes. I could see him getting jumped up, bumped up into the lineup here. That's that wraps up our forwards quickly on D there's really only two guys we can talk about and I'm going to lump them both together, starting with Morgan Riley. And this is kind of the one that's a little, this is the funky one for me, right? So Morgan Riley's at 55 points right now, according to Dom's model here. Seven goals and John Klingberg is at 39 points, 39 points here and eight goals for Klingberg. So that Riley 55 points, Klingberg 39 points. I'm gonna, I'm gonna something let, funny. Go for it. NHL.com put to put forth the worst fantasy projections I've ever seen. They had Mario Ferraro projected at 38 points, so one less point than John Klingberg. That's crazy. Mario Ferraro. Has, I don't think has ever hit 20 points in his career. <laughs> they had Vlasic at 30 as well. And they had Arbor Jacki at 30, just a total joke of a project. Like whoever did that, I'm sorry. Like just don't just maybe pick something else to do next year. <laughs> Cause that's, a, that's moronic. Arbor Jacki didn't even make the Montreal Canadians and you put yeah. him at 30 points. I, I, Nonsense. I feel like- I feel like what they did was they just, yeah, I don't even, I don't even, I'm not they even. They went through and... one by one. Ah, 30 sounds about it. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He's going to play a lot of minutes. As, not as if he had like Mario well, Ferro hasn't been playing like just 26 did some minutes. Moronic. So. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways, Continue. Sorry. So Samson or uh, Riley and Klingberg, 55 points, 39 points. Quickly, me, I'm just going to touch on this. 
this is wrong. I think the I I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say Klingberg has more points than Morgan Riley this year. And the reason why I see that is because you're gonna have to dig deep and take a look at Morgan Riley's five on five stats. And he's only had two seasons in his what is it now ten year career. Ten year uh, career. His first year was thirteen fourteen. So this is going yeah ten years. It's, so he's only had two seasons in his ten year career where at five on five he put up more than thirty points. Okay. He's lo- he lost power play one to John Klingberg. That's not his fault. Klingberg's just a better power play player. Listen, like that's Klingberg deserves it. I think right now and, well, and they we're practicing. That. I don't know. Like we'll see. We yeah we we if. This is under the assumption that Klingberg is the one PP one defenseman here. Yeah. But I mean, the two seasons where Morgan Riley eclipsed 30 points at five on five, it was that one hot shooting percentage where he scored 15 goals at five on five yeah. and 43 points. And then it was two years ago. We had seven goals, 29 assists, 36 points also kind of rode a hot shooting percentage that year. I mean, only led to seven points, but I mean, listen, he's never cracked more than 30 assists at five on five. He relies heavily on being on that good power play to put up a lot of points. 55 is a little rich for me. 55 is a little rich. And again, if John Klingberg is playing on the power play here and John Klingberg is going to be, listen, Riley's going to be playing with Brody for first line minutes, going to have tougher competition here. He's going to need to take on more of a defensive responsibility. And I think he's going to buy into that. And I'm not, I'm not saying these things because I'm want to rip on Riley here. I think, if you want to be that number one defenseman, that's the part that's still missing from his game. We don't really need him to put up, like if he puts up 30 points compared to 50 points, I'm okay with that. If that means he's sacrificing his offense for a, a better defensive structure in his game. Klingberg is a different story because that's kind of why we got him. That's that secondary scoring that we're looking for on D here. So that's the only reason why I think, I don't know what the po- point total is, but Riley under Klingberg over for me. And I think Klingberg has more points than Riley at the end of the year. That's interesting. I think it's, hmm, will Riley last not being on power play one? Will this last where they keep John Klingberg there? That's the million-dollar question. And you got to think, at what point, the season after Riley had 20, the Leafs traded for Tyson Berry, and who was on power play one midway through the season? It was Tyson Berry because Riley was having a horrific season because he was injured. He was trying to play through injury, and it just Mm -hmm. was not working at all. But I, it's it, I think th- this one's truly fascinating and truly is a wait and see, and it, it's up for debate. I think any way you put it, like you're gonna have a strong case to say, like, oh, Riley over Klingberg, oh no, Klingberg over Riley, uh, for whatever sort of reason. I, I liked your reasonings there in terms of Riley's only had over thirty-five and five assists twice. Um, so who do I, I think, I do think Klingberg's a better power play defenseman. So I think I'm with you on this one, right? Uh, Klingberg over Riley. I, I appreciate that you're with me on this. I like that. I thought, I thought it was kind of bold. Maybe it's not too bold though. Like, listen, Kling, Klingberg has well, done bold it before. Depending on what, like, it's a choose your own adventure. How do you yeah. see this playing out? Do you see Riley on power play one? And do you see them stubbornly keeping him on power play one? Okay, well then. How the hell is Klingberg supposed to beat Riley out? But do you see it? Are they going to switch like X, Y, Z, right? So mm-hmm. my I chose the same adventure as you, clearly. So we follow the same. We path ended up the Tuesday. same. You know. Yeah, same I, I get. I get what you're saying there, uh, and yeah, let us know what you think of these all these point totals. You can rewind, drop back, and when you hear them, drop a comment on it if you think oh. 39, too much for Klingberg. 55, not enough for Riley. Whatever you think, let us know in the comments down below. Last thing to get to here before we head out, let's just talk about the goalies quickly. Not much to go on here for projections. One thing that is interesting is the projection of games played. I don't know how he does this, but I mean, I assume it's just the model spitting out numbers. He has, Dom has Samsonov projected to have 50 games played. Joseph Wool, 24 games played here. Personally, I, I think we're going to see more of like a 40-30 split. Um, but what are your thoughts on that? The goaltending battle is definitely real. I don't mm-hmm. think they'll start to give into it until... Like, I think they'll really try to, you know, go back and forth, give Samson off the edge, like, for a good two months here. 
I really like Joseph Wall. We've said it in past episodes. I really think there is something there. And I mean, look, Samsonov had has had one good season in his career. Mm-hmm. Like, is it out of this world that he plays to a, you know, below a nine ten ish, a nine ten sort of uh, level of play, and Joseph Wall overtakes him? I don't think that's out of this world at all. But I think definitely Samson is going to be given the ball to start. And it's just a matter of, do you believe that he's going to take it and run? Like if he's putting up 920, like it's going to be pretty tough to Joseph for Joseph Wall to beat him out. Like, yeah. So yeah, Joseph Wall's not perfect. I mean, that game against Detroit, he made plenty of mistakes, but he also looked really good. There was a few things here and there that I really liked, but I mean, some of the goals he could have reacted a little differently on, I'd say. So, yeah, we'll see. It, it, it's I'm much more optimistic about the goaltending this year than last year. I'll tell you that for free. Because yeah. bringing in two projects and two gambles and two guys that have had injury, well, Samson off less so, but a guy that's had major injury issues throughout his career and saying, these are our two guys, we're going to run with them, that was scary as hell. And guess what? Both of them went down like a month into the season. So, yeah. Yeah. No, you, you make all great points there. I'm just, I'm just, I'm excited to see Joseph wall get legit chances this season. So it should be fun. Yeah, he will. Uh, it was he frustrating will. last year, but uh, yeah. So Samson off 50 over under, what are you thinking? Cause I assume if you're over on Samson off 50 or if you're just around Samson off 50, you're like the opposite or the same on just, nah, I'm, I'm under under. So then I assume you're obviously over on Joseph wall by, yeah, by a little bit there too. That's just, there's only two goalies. So, uh, knock on wood. Uh, anyways, uh, I think I'm good. I don't know about you. I'm good. I think that, wraps uh, yeah. it up here. that wraps it up. Excited for the season to start Wednesday when you're listening to this probably. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks everyone for listening. Goalies go.